This is the Nick Larandy Podcast, at least for now until I can come up with a better name. Starting this podcast is actually kind of funny. Like, I mean, you know, in the, in the 30 seconds to a minute that I sit here before actually hitting the record button, it's like, am I ready? Am I ready to record? You know, you know that feeling you get when you're about to, like, try to squash a bug? And you're like, okay, here we go. Am I ready to do this? It's, it's uh, pretty similar to that. It's kind of weird. Anyway. Um, so something I wanted... I, I just wanted to recap a little bit of the last uh, thing that I talked about, which was working a day job and, and being a musician. So what... I think probably my message came across... Uh, I didn't. I didn't put a nice, a nice ending to the moral of the story there. But what I was trying to say was, is that you know I think most musicians, unless you're like Bruce Springsteen or something, um, have to do something they don't want to do to kind of make ends meet. They got a a couple of examples I gave was like you know right. Maybe transcriptions, or maybe you got to sell T-shirts, or play in a wedding band that you don't enjoy doing, or maybe you got to teach like five-year-old kids, you know. And if you know, if you spent like if music is your life's work, that can seem like a waste of time. But you need to do it because you because you got to make money. Uh, so what my, my what my point was was. If, if you're going to have to do something you don't want to do and it's not really contributing to your craft, uh, I don't see any harm in, in having that be something that you'd rather do. Like, you know, if a couple of people reached out to me after the first podcast and said uh, that, you know, hey, I work in IT and I actually really enjoy my job and it leaves me with... Uh, when I actually do music in the morning or in the afternoons or on, on weekends, it, it's actually the only part of music I want to do anyway. Um, so that's sort of the moral of the story. Um, you know, for, for me, I would rather, I would rather uh, go to work and uh, write JavaScript for a few hours. And that way when uh, I head to my studio after work, all I'm doing, all I do is, I'm only doing the parts of music I enjoy doing. Uh, because I'd rather, you know, I'd rather do that than, than playing a wedding band. But that's that's my story, anyway. So that was the that was. The whole point really was just to to touch on that. Um, maybe it's for you. Maybe maybe it isn't. Um, cool. So the the other thing I wanted to talk about today was stage fright um, and stage fright is something that I, I dealt with quite a lot like paralyzing stage fright actually I'm, I remember being in high school um, you know and I did all the all the classic jazz nerdy things like all county band and uh 
you know, any NISMA thing I could I could do, like any pretty much any time I had to play in front of people, I completely froze up. My fingers started to shake. And that continued all the way uh, into college. And the only thing that really ever, um, actually nothing really helped it. I was going to say that the only thing that kind of sort of subdued it a little bit was like having a drink or something before before playing. But that's a, that's a slippery slope. Uh, and it actually doesn't really even help that much anyway. And at the end of the day, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel good as a musician to, you know, when you're when you're playing, knowing that oh shit, I just had like. I think I drank a little bit too much, and I'm not playing at my full, my full capacity right now. You know, for, for me at least, I felt like I was doing myself a disservice by not tackling the issue head on, and instead trying to mask it uh, with something that's you know was bad for my body. Um. And then even touring a bit had stage fright. I remember playing uh, Euroblast with Ever Forthright in front of a couple hundred people and having pretty bad stage fright. But um, it was getting it was getting better. I don't know how I how I'd be now because I haven't played a show in a while. But uh, something tells me that it would probably almost be non-existent at this point, just because of my perspective and outlook on on performance and I guess my overall confidence in myself these days. Uh, so I, I never, I never really cured it, but, but I can, I can just give you some advice on what had, uh, what it helped, what it helped me. Um, I don't think anything like, Picturing the audience naked, or I don't think that's a good solution. Um, I don't think uh, drinking is a is a good solution. Uh, but what I do think is a good solution is is experience, and I think experience is probably the only actual solution. Is uh, you know maybe you're in a band and your bandmates have no stage fright whatsoever and, and you're the only guy with stage fright and it's like well, well they have just as much experience as I do how come I'm the one getting stage fright well who knows um, but the more you the more you do it the, the, the more comfortable you'll be playing in front of people um, but also what can kind of ease your pain until you get there is just just kind of living with the pain like when 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 that fear pops up and you're you're about to play a show and that fear pops up and you're nervous and you get into that fight or flight mode instead of trying to get rid of it just acknowledge that that it's there uh and sort of become intimate with it you know you you feel that pain in your stomach and you, and instead of, um, trying to, trying to get, figure out a way to get rid of it, say, almost like speak to it and say, Oh, there you are. Hey, I know, I know who you are. You're there. Um, this is a completely normal, this is a completely normal thing. Um, and actually it's there, 
is there or if you're you know speaking to it like it's a like it's like it's an actual being that can hear you you can maybe even verbalize and say i know you're you're here because uh for good for good reasons like fear is a totally normal and natural thing and everything in the universe has feels fear one way or another um and uh you know i i appreciate you trying to help me out here but um you know we'll see i don't i don't think i'll need your help today um and i'm i'm taking some of this info from a a book that I've read a couple of times. Um, it's called When Things Fall Apart by Pema Chodron. And uh, she's a she's a Buddhist monk and she was on Oprah and a bunch of things. And um, But she has a... She has a bunch of books. And in particular, this one book... Let me see. I actually have it right next to me. Um... First chapter is actually called Intimacy with Fear. And a little subtitle Fear is a natural reaction to moving closer to the truth. And uh, I can't I can't read anything out of this book because it's all rights reserved and I'll um I don't want to get in trouble. But um yeah, she talks about uh, kind of res- welcoming fear instead of trying to get a, get a, get away from it. And the word, she, the, the, to be more accurate with her wording, she says to, we're, we're so used to disassociating or dissociating from, uh, from fear and, you know, running away from, uh, the truth, you know, we feel fear and then and behind fear is 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 the truth and and we're so used to just going the other way but if you're intimate with fear and you welcome it um you're getting closer to to what the truth is so i i suppose to put that put that in terms of being a musician and being afraid of playing on stage um, you're afraid of the truth. You're probably afraid, like, well, if these people enjoy the show, the truth is, is that I'll, is that I'm a good musician. If they say good things about me, the truth is, is that I've practiced and it paid off and I'm good at my instrument. If they hate it and they start posting online afterwards, you know, um, that was the worst show I ever seen. This guy sucks. The truth is, is that person said that doesn't doesn't actually mean that it's absolutely true. I mean, people say stupid shit all the time. Um, but the truth is, is that it happened and you're trying and, and you know, you, you may not have actually ever thought of it this way, but that's that's probably exactly what's going through your mind is that, oh, shit, am I going to be exposed after this during this performance? Am I I'm exposing myself to the to the reality of. These are my skills and I'm, I'm putting them on the table. And, uh, you know, here comes the truth. Um, but the truth is a good thing. That's why you, why you do what you do and you should be, um, 
as close to the truth as possible because you want to be honest with yourself as a musician and, and where you are in your in your you know musical journey. Um, I think I've actually gotten uh, much better at thinking this way while not playing music. Um, you know, you're when all I had in the entire world was was uh, was music. Uh, it was actually really hard for me to say to put all that on the table and and say, okay, here we go. I'm gonna play a show, and if people don't like it, then my whole universe is crushed. Uh, you know, now a couple of years later, I realized that there are. Uh, there are a lot of really great aspects of being a human being and being alive and and living a um, a full life that playing a performance isn't really uh, isn't really the uh, it, it may be a lot of fun but it doesn't define who I am. Um, you know, just like uh, I don't know, making like. The other day, for example, on on Christmas, I made a. I made a, a brisket for the first time, like a smoked a smoked brisket, like, put it in the in my smoker for like, some something like, it was a six pound brisket, so like six hours or so, and uh, it was my first time doing it, and I brought it over, and I was so excited, and it it was pretty good, but it wasn't it wasn't like great. Um, but, you know, that's such a small piece of the big picture that it's, I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it crush me. Um, so that's it. You guys should check out this book, When Things Fall Apart. And um, I think it's, it might be in like the religious section of Barnes & Noble because she's a Buddhist, Buddhist monk. And she doesn't really preach too much about the benefits uh, she doesn't preach about it how everyone should be a Buddhist she's just saying here are some lessons to live um, a healthy life and, and and be comfortable with uh, the uncertainties and the scary things um, and uh, and anything you know pretty much anything that makes you uncomfortable just kind of living in that moment and and um, appreciating it for what it is it actually translates pretty well to improvisation as well if you're an improvising musician um you know living in that uncertainty of of an improvisation and being okay with things not turning out the way that you expected them to turn out um so but i think that's probably a topic for a separate podcast um let me see my notes real quick. I think that's pretty much all I wanted to say on stage fright. Oh, you know what? A couple shout outs. Uh, Rodrigo Fernandez. Um, thanks a lot for the feedback. Uh, anyone else can keep those, keep that coming as well. Um, here's a question that actually came in. Um, yeah, so this is so th- that was my spiel on stage, right? Um, I think after 
at the end of these podcasts, what I'll do is is read off a couple of questions that have been submitted, I, I guess, since the last one, or if I just think it's relevant. But here's one that came from uh, from David in, in Germany. Uh, did taking time off from practice cause rusting? And I had mentioned in the last podcast that I, I did take off some time from practicing um, to kind of figure out how to uh, not be completely poor. And, um, so yeah, it did. Did taking time off from practice cause rusting in, in my fingers? Yeah, sure. Definitely. But, um, you know, the other, the other bad kind of part of taking too much time off is you're not actually writing any music. You're not getting any, any stuff done. Um, you know, you can always start shedding hard again and learning new licks and patterns and tunes and, and whatever. But, um, the kind of the tough part, the tough thing for me was that, oh shoot, I don't have any music. I want to start playing again. Uh, you know, as soon as you pick up, uh, as soon as I picked up the guitar and I was ready to go again, I didn't have any music. So I had to sit down and write out a bunch of stuff and, so there's like kind of all this prep work that that I wish I, I did a little bit. I wish I had written some riffs and chord progressions and stuff in that time. Um, but there actually was a positive aspect to taking time off. And it kind of goes hand in hand with that stage fright stuff that I was talking about. Um, and and being comfortable with who you are and, and living a, a, a full full life and, and, uh, having a healthy ego. Um, when I kind of took my foot off the musical pedal a little bit and, and, uh, gave myself a, a more horizontal, um, thought of my life more horizontally instead of so vertically down the center with, about music. Uh, I got I got more comfortable with with being a musician actually, uh, and then I realized talking to other other musicians that that's uh, also kind of how they they live their lives. Like a lot a lot of professional musicians, um, you know, maybe you hear stories that like, oh, this guy was a lunatic. He was crazy. All he did was do music, and he slept on like a cardboard box. And um, you know, that's. I think I thought that that was the way you had to do had to be a musician, but it's really not true at all. Um, if you um, if you look at uh, a lot of really great jazz musicians, some of the guys that I follow around New York City, they have families. And I once had a lesson with this guitar player, Brad Shepik, and I went to his house, and his wife was cooking dinner, and his daughter was playing with like blocks in the living room, and. Um, and that guy doesn't get stage fright because, you know, why? Yeah, I guess I'm putting I'm putting words in his mouth, or I'm, I'm making a big assumption by saying that. But if that were, um, I just I guess I find it hard to believe that someone like that could have stage fright when there's so many other things that are so many other important things in their in their life. Um, you know, a bad performance isn't going to take all these other things away. 
so that um, that's something that I that I kind of started thinking about when I t- was t- taking off time from music, thinking about well, what else in my life is really important to me, and how can I eventually get back into music and not put all my eggs in one basket and have my identity be completely defined by um, by the guitar because that's that's I don't think that's a healthy way to live a healthy way to live your life um, or you know some musicians like they talk about sports or being like huge Raider fans or something and um, that's just a part of their identity and it's totally okay to take time to obsess over some sporting event or something for a little while like enjoy if you enjoy cooking also identify with the fact that you enjoy cooking and um uh you know I, so i guess what i'm trying to say is is rounding yourself out as a human and and uh living a a, a full life um and putting value into things other than just playing music will help with will help with stage fright and um you know it might even help with with creativity because you not you know when you when you don't value something so much you're you're more willing to kind of tear it apart and break it a little bit um so this is something for me to think about a little bit more too uh you know I don't like to I don't like to these are these podcasts are really just sort of honest truthful in the moment responses to to some things that I'm thinking about and and stuff submitted from by you guys so but maybe this is one that I that I put kind of on my list of of things to revisit and uh see if I can solidify my thoughts a little bit better um okay so cool thanks david for that that question and some other topics so we'll wrap this up some other topics submitted by you guys uh, that I'll add to the list to, to talk about in, in some of these next ones are developing speed, playing fast while improvising. You know, how do you, how do you develop that? How do you develop these chops um, to play clean, uh, fast? You know, fast is really not that important, but, but that's, that was the question. P- playing fast lines while improvising. Um, and finding inspiration from non-musician artists. That's a tough one. Um, all right, cool. That should do it, guys. Um, thank you a bunch for listening, and I'll see you next time.